Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil and Mark here to talk about mastering retirement cash flow. Uh, this is probably part one of, well, we're going to just kind of a multi-part series here. We're going to see how it goes today. We may do this into two parts. We may do part one in two parts, and then we'll do part two uh, in July. So uh, there's a lot going on in this topic we're going to get into. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast on audio version or video version, whatever it is that you like to use, whether it's a YouTube, you can find us on there or Apple or Spotify or Google on the podcasting apps. Just type in Phil's Tax Hacks under the search box. Uh, but yeah, we got a, a pretty big content uh, conversation we're going to have here, Phil. You know, really understanding changing expenses and really just cash flow, right? Cash flow is king. <laughs> cash is king. I mean, that, that's what it's all about when you get to retirement. I mean, yeah, I mean, even though we're trying to your life accumulating, you know, assets. Right. But at the end of the day, the accumulation doesn't matter. Now, now you how do you, how do you convert that into cash? You know, what do you? Right. Yeah. Well, it seems I mean, like they want us to. Retirement is that it seems like they want us to go to a cashless society, but yet cash is still king, right? So. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think cash will always be king at some point. So. I don't know. They're trying hard, but anyway, they are trying really hard. That's a whole other discussion to get into. A whole other discussion. I got, I got to go off on a rant for just a quick second. So I saw this video yesterday of, uh, I think it's in a Middle Eastern country, and it's the largest tire cemetery in the world. Uh, it's just, it's just tires after tires, and it's burning all the time, right? Yeah. Which is burning tires is like the like worst. Toxic, right? Right. And yet. The conversation is like Ireland's going to kill 200,000 cows because of climate change. 200,000 farting cows. The just burning. Yeah, is, is somehow more damaging than a tire field on fire. It's we're just I don't even know where we've jumped the shark. Yeah, some, some sometimes I wonder. I think we, we certainly have jumped the shark. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I know that's a little bit off on a rant for a second, but it, it's you know it's like we're always seeing stuff, right? It's always yeah. something going on. We're just kind of getting overloaded. Uh, and at the end of the day, back to this kind of the point of the cash is king. It just seems like there's agenda to kind of remove cash, but I, I just don't see it happening. And, and it's going to be a, certainly going to be a challenge because people are just, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, we just yeah, feel it's, better about, we just feel better with having cash, you know, yep, yep. Oh, you can't go the gold cash. route. You can't yeah. shave off a chunk of gold if you're trying to go buy some bread, right? So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Little shavings, you know, have, have the weight out there. How much is this? You know, <laughs> the scrape, the scrape, <laughs> and here you go, right? So anyway, oh, in this episode, the wind doesn't come up. That's true. Well, in this episode, we're going to explore many of the expenses in your life that you might drastically change one way or another. So we're going to break these down a little bit. And like I said, this is pretty uh, intensive stuff we're going to go through here for the next couple episodes, folks. So definitely consider, you know, uh, checking back in with us and, and uh, checking these podcasts. And the great thing is you can pause rewind, whatever the case is on any platform. So what are some of the expenses, Phil, that might drastically change one way or the other in retirement for your clients? Let's start with, uh, I've got several bullet points here. Let's start with housing. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of times housing is something that's going to change, you know, I mean, you, you're maybe have been in the, the house you're in for the last 20, 25 years. That's where you raised the kids, right? You know, maybe it's a colonial and you don't need all the space anymore. You don't want the stairs. I mean, that's, you know, probably the most common thing I hear is that, Hey, I'm getting older, you know, the knees aren't quite as good right. as they used to. I'd like to get everything on, on one level. I mean, we've gone through right. that, you know, uh, my wife has had some, uh, some knee issues. Mm -hmm. Um, so we went to a ranch a couple of years ago that a lot of times is the, the discussion of, okay, I want to downsize quote unquote, you know, from a, maybe a footprint standpoint, go into more of a, uh, a ranch, get it all on one level. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting as you get into housing, because even, even that concept of downsizing um, doesn't necessarily mean downsizing from a price. True. Right. You know, and, and so obviously the big thing that many retirees and advisors, you know, go back and forth on is to pay off the house or not to pay off the house, right. you know, and, and uh, I just actually had an email question uh, on another show I was doing the other day and the lady was saying that she has, um, she inherited some money uh, and it's enough to pay off her house. And so, but her mortgage is only in the, she's got still got a good mortgage from before the rates went up right. and she's still like 3%. And so she's like, Hey, should I put this money in something that's getting me 5%? Right. Uh, and that's a really interesting balance because it, it, this is where cash flow comes back into this conversation right. because maybe you need to make sure you have enough of an emergency fund or whatever. Don't just take all that money and dump it in the house because you can't pull money out of your house. Yeah. And that's, uh, we have that discussion a lot of times with clients when we're talking about housing is the mortgage, you know, is in some clients, that's just a goal. They want to pay it down. Sure. Right. You know, and, and a lot of times in finances, you, you run into these scenarios where I say, hey, there, there's two sets of rules. There's the head rule and the tummy rule. Like, right, right. right. So the head rule is the math. I mean, I can run the math and, and tell you what would make sense mathematically. Like in this case, personally, my, you know, my preference on this when you run the math, mm-hmm. as long as you have a good interest rate and, and that payment is manageable, um, I prefer having the, the liquid asset, the cash available and keep right. the mortgage. Yeah, what is it? Keep keep some dry powder, right? Yeah, I mean, now now you've got more flexibility in the future if things come up. If there's something you want to, you know, additional purchases or expenses or whatever it is, you know, you Mm -hmm. have more flexibility. And if you've got a great rate, I mean, you know, to to the point of the the email question that came in, I mean, why why would you take something and pay off a you know two and a half percent mortgage? Right. Yeah. So it's always a guaranteed rate, you know, at that point versus right. you know what you might invest in. So you have to look at that too. But that's the that's where the tummy rule comes into play. Some people just say, Hey, you know what? I would just love not to have a mortgage. Not, yeah. I want to wake up and be that's like, you know, yeah. hey, let's let's do it then. Yeah. You know, let's wake up and know this joker is ours, right? We don't have to yeah. deal with that. That's right. We don't have to worry about what happens. Yeah. But yeah, housing is a very interesting topic when you get into retirement because there's a lot of things that change the mortgage. Potentially, you know, maybe yeah. you're on the tail end of it. Maybe then it might make sense to just pay it off if you you only got a couple of years left and sure. you got some cash available, just be done with it. That way you can kind of make a, a fresh start of what the, the cash flow might be. Right. But if you get into changing housing, then that's a whole nother discussion to get into because now, and we've talked about this several times that, you know, often downsizing, quote unquote, in size might not mm. be downsizing in cost and how that plays into it. Yeah. Good point. And then you've got the moving and all the other expenses that go into that. So, Okay. All right. So I did, you got to consider the cash flow element when you're talking about your house, right? And because the big thing for most people is going to be, you know, are you getting rid of all your cash just to pay off the mortgage? And is that really the best move? That's usually where most people are going to get stuck. So considering that one in there, uh, no more work, no more work stuff is uh, number two on here. Uh, and, And, you know, like this could be like my brother, you know, we use him on the show all the time as an example. He's been working from home now for a couple of years. Um, and he's just like, you know, he went and got his oil changed in his car and he's like, I, I barely even got to the mileage to change the oil. He's like, but I went ahead and did it because he's just not driving. So, right. and he's still working. So he's doing that home thing. But when you go to retirement, you don't have the commute anymore, you know, and things like that, the gas bill. Right. Yeah. I mean, and this is a discussion we have with a lot of clients is, you know, what will change? You know, maybe you're both working, you have two cars, right? You know, or maybe even three, you know, maybe you've got a gas bill because you just do a, a lot of travel. That's the work car and you drive an hour or two and from work every day. And that's the one right. you, you rack up the miles on. Right. So yeah, maybe you're going to downsize to one or two, two cars, you know, and yeah. definitely if you're doing a lot of driving, 
that's going to drop the the gas bill insurance. Uh, make sure you talk to your insurance agent about that because yeah. eating out. I mean, go to lunch goes from uh, you know being a uh, fifty you know fifty miles each. Way oh yeah, 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 yeah. Versus it's a leisure vehicle. I mean, that yeah. changes uh, the insurance rate because they know you're not on the road as much. Mo- as hey, that's a good point. Yeah, like you, I think you know, fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand a year. Yeah. You could drop it down to ten thousand or eight thousand or you know whatever that is. And then, of course, when you're at work, like you know, starting to mention, you go out to lunch, which is more driving, which is also right. spending, you know, food, you know, money on on lunch. So, yeah, you know, depending on the work, you know, you know, clothing and attire you have to wear, maybe that'll change. So, I can change your cash flow once you get to retirement. Yeah. Right? And I mean, we should have mentioned in the beginning when we're talking cash flow. I mean, my, sure. my preference is always when you're looking at this whole concept of cash flow is, you know, rather than try to sit down and, and add up, well, this is what it's going to be. You know, this is the all the fixed expenses, all the different things, because we we just don't know, right? Right. Sure. We're, we're human. We don't pick up all the, the things we're spending money on. So start with what do you have today? What is your net spendable income today? Right. That's lifestyle. You know, so let's start with there. Now let's make some of these adjustments. Okay. Housing is part of that. Now let's pull housing out. And we, mm. when we're running our, our financial plan, we always pull housing out because several things, the mortgage is fixed, right? It, right. it doesn't right. change every year, but the rest of it should have inflation. And it, if you're on a mortgage that's nearing payoff, at some point it's going to drop off, you know, but mm-hmm. now we can pull out, okay, let's pull out that work stuff. That's going to be different. So let's start subtracting and or adding to what your base level of expenses are to come up with a, a true accurate picture of what that would be. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. And of course, each of these is going to factor in. into right, that's going to be part of those adjustments. So. Yeah. Uh, healthcare. That's the next bullet point on my list. Obviously, this is going to get a little bit more dramatic. Uh, the more things that need fixing, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you get a repair a shoulder or a knee, uh, your wife's knees, right? You know, yeah. whatever the case yeah. is, right? Yeah. So healthcare is again another one of those big changes as you get into retirement, depending on what age you're retiring at. Um, again, another factor, another expense item that we always break out separate because of those changes over time. You know, so right now, if you're employed, you're you're probably under work coverage, and right, yeah, depending on your job and the company you're at. You know, you may pay very little for good coverage. You may pay a lot. It, it's all over the board, especially since the Affordable Care Act came through. Right. Oh, yeah. Companies have sure. had to do to, to to even provide health coverage. You know, so you're going to have to understand, well, yeah, in my budget today, I'm paying X amount out of pocket. And here's my deductibles and co-pays, my exposure. Mm-hmm. And as you start comparing into, again, depending on when you retire. So if it's prior to 65, well, how am I going to bridge that gap? Right. Right. And that's always the challenge in pre-65 is, okay, I've got, you know, two, three years, whatever it is to 65. If I'm not working, I no longer have work coverage. What's, yeah. How do I shore up that gap? How, how do I shore up that gap? You know, yeah. is it going to be um, using the um, Cobra? Cobra. I couldn't think of it there for a minute. Uh, sorry. Cobra, which is one of those things that you used to think in the past. Well, that's well you typically would be like, no, no that, Cobra. You know what? That's yeah. expensive coverage. Well, the yeah. reality in today's environment is, probably cheaper than what you're going to find in the marketplace. And it's probably better True. coverage. Yeah. Which is totally mind blowing, but that is a little it weird. Is. Yeah. You know, so you've got 18 months of that, you know, but then beyond that, what do you do? So now you're into the marketplace, whatever it is. So you got to look at that and then that can be an expensive time. Yeah. That's a good but point. Often once you get to 65 healthcare, again, depending on what you're used to paying, it can be much more affordable in retirement. Yeah. So typically what we budget is around $300 per month per person for part B mm-hmm. uh, for Medicare, which is 
right now. Um, plus then you're going to have to pick up like a supplemental or a prescription drug plan, um, you know, or maybe go into an advantage plan. I mean, that's a whole nother show we can get out of in the whole. Medicare. Probably should really. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Medicare health, I mean, health coverage, that, that should be a whole separate discussion. And how does this map out? And often these different expenses have different phases as you get into retirement, especially like healthcare, you're going to have these phases you might go through. And then if you, you and your spouse are different ages, well, you're going to enter these different right. stages at different times. So, And often the premiums, you know, you think about the, the different premium payments and, and we get the COLA adjustments with Social Security, but a lot of time that gets eat up with whatever adjustments they make to, to Medicare. The Medicare so, costs, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Although sometimes uh, like this past year was a crazy year, Medicare Part B actually went down. Right. Yeah. Which doesn't happen often. And, and Social Security went up. Yeah. <laughs> so which doesn't happen often. Happen. Yeah. I think that may be one silver lining to the inflation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Taxes. Next bullet point on my list here. Obviously, clearly, when you're talking about cash flow, taxes can be, you know, a, a huge component of what you're going to be doing. Uh, not what you make. It's what you keep. Right. 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 Yeah. And taxes is we've talked about it a lot. I mean, it's a huge part of the financial plan mapping it out. I mean, again, at a high level, comparing working versus retirement, mm -hmm. in general, taxes will go down because you're not paying Social Security and Medicare anymore. Gotcha. So right. on your wages, in you're theory. paying, well, you shouldn't be unless you're working. Well, you know, okay, so yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, I got you're you. You're paying right now as an employee 7.65% and 6.2 of that's the Social Security, and that can go away once you reach a certain level. But right, right, okay. You know, roughly call it 7.5%, almost 8%. You're paying in Social Security and Medicare on earned income on your wages. Gotcha. Okay. Well, if you're no longer working, you don't have earned income. Your income's now coming through Social Security. Maybe it's a pension. You're taking, you know, you got interest dividends, IRA distributions, rental, whatever it is. Hmm. All those types of income are not subject to Social Security and Medicare. Okay. So from a big picture tax standpoint, yes, those taxes go away. So yeah, your taxes technically go down. But we've talked. I was gonna say, I wonder if that is that. I wonder if that's what feeds into the, some of the misnomer that will be in a lower. You know, it, it may, but I mean, yeah. it, you, you got to. If it's phrased, you're going to be in a lower bracket. No, that, right. That's a whole discussion. If you're just going to have lower taxes. Brackets. Yeah, if you're exactly if you're talking lower taxes, then yeah, I can go along with that because you okay. may okay because you don't have Social Security and Medicare. Gotcha. Okay, I'm tracking. Yep. But yeah, the whole tax bracket discussion and what what does that look like in retirement? Well, that's that's one of those discussions that has to have a right. a broader, longer time horizon to look at because early stages of retirement, you may actually be in a quote lower bracket even. Mm -hmm. Depending on where the money's positioned, where it's coming from, spend yeah. from, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, but as you get into further stages of retirement, you know, delay, delaying Social Security. So if that kicks on, you know, at 70, well, now, boom, that's taxable income. Once you hit RMD at 73 or 75, well, there's another bump of income. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about it many times that ultimately you might get pushed into these higher brackets later stages of retirement. Yeah, especially if you're letting that there's uh, the tax deferred things grow. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, it, it is definitely something you have to to understand. What does your specific picture look like? Don't don't use a, an estimated and average. You know, my effective rate that that means nothing. It's Map it out and understand what your marginal rates are. Where are you truly going to be for you? Don't mm -hmm. talk to your buddy and say, "Hey, you know, what, what tax? What, what are you paying? Record you it? Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't matter. What, what do yeah. you you know? What's your makeup of income? Yeah. How much do you need? And and look at that specifically. But taxes are definitely an area that is overlooked in retirement. And there's a lot of opportunity. 
don't think they can control it. And you, there's a lot of ways to manage and control and manipulate that tax burden. So. And if we're talking about understanding changing expenses when it comes to our retirement cash flow, um, it's going to play into my next one, which is the retirement savings. Because one of the things that we're doing, obviously, is we're paying our future self, right? Well, we're right. working, we're paying, well, we better be anyway, hopefully we are. Right, yeah. uh, we're, we're paying our future self, and that's going to change to the point you were just kind of making a little bit there. Uh, when we no longer have the job, when you're no longer pumping into the 401k and stuff either. Correct. Yeah. So you can't, when you're looking at my, you know, working income versus my retirement income, you can't look at the gross. Mm -hmm. I always look at the net spendable income. And and so your net while you're working should already be after all those contributions. You know, so, I mean, you, you might, you know, you might be grossing 150,000 a year, but by the time you take all social security, Medicare, all the taxes, contributions to 401ks, everything else, maybe you're down to, you know, spending $80,000 net a year. Okay. You know, so if we're trying to net 80,000, that's a different discussion to have. That's already taking away those retirement savings. So you can't look at, you know, what do I need to net during my working year? If I'm contributing to a 401k, I might need 150. Mm -hmm. But if I need to net 80 in retirement, well, maybe now it's only 100. You know, because I don't have gotcha. some of these other items, contributions to 401ks and their retirement plans. Not on the list no anymore. Right. Yeah. So okay. yeah, I always look at, I personally, we start with a net. You know, that's extra you dollars in your pocket. What's the net? Well, yes and no. I mean, again, that's the price. It's the way I look at it, right? Okay. I, I, I ignore the gross because it means nothing. Wait, what are you spending? What is the net spendable income on all the different items? Because in this case, that's already taken into account. Mm-hmm of that line, so to speak, is the retirement. Oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah. You know, so if we come down to, here's my net, this is what's hitting my bank account once a, a month or every two weeks, whatever it is, however whatever you get is. paid, you know, that that's what you have to spend. Okay, so okay. We're trying to replace that in retirement and then make the adjustments. We've already accounted for that. Yeah, so again, no. perspective, just what you look at, don't look at the gross, you know, don't right. think, oh, I'm making 150, so I gotta make 150 in retirement to have the same lifestyle. Not True. necessarily, because then, yeah. then absolutely this comes into play. You're not contributing to the 401k anymore, so let's drop that down. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, so thanks for breaking that down. It's a, it's a good way to illustrate that, uh, which is the whole point of the podcast. So, uh, all right, travel and leisure, right? So, you know, yep. they, they're taking my every Saturday's a retirement, you know, is a every day's a Saturday. Every day's a Saturday, yeah. yeah right. So, and it, and it is, right? So, extra expense in a different direction. Yeah, and this goes <laughs> Yeah, I was saying, some of the things maybe saving us some money, this is going the other way. Yeah, so this is back to that discussion of what does your retirement look like? You know, what, what's yeah. that vision of retirement? And this is for married couples. You know, you guys need to have this discussion early on to say, okay, when we, we retire, what does that look like? What are we going to do? What are we doing? You know, what's your hobbies? What do you want to do? You know, is it, hey, I want to travel a lot. That's my my passion. I like the golf, you know, whatever whatever it is understand what that looks like. And yeah, it can be more costly, especially if it's travel, leisure, you know, hobbies, things like that, because you have more time to do it. Well, yeah. And it's, and that's the whole point. You're the bucket list stuff. Right. Yeah. A lot of times those bucket lists gets put off till that time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we talked early on when we were talking about healthcare, that there's these phases maybe in retirement. Well, travel and leisure often is one of those phase type scenarios. You know, yeah. It's an earlier, heavier phase. Yeah, we're planning for clients. A lot of times we're, you know, building in a heavier travel budget, maybe for the first 10 years or 15, depending on what their age and, you know, their their desire is from a travel standpoint. Sure, yeah. But typically it, it's going to be more heavily weighted in those earlier years when you're more capable. 
You know, you maybe you have the desire of that bucket list, so to speak, but after you've done it for five or 10 years, it's like, ah, yeah. I think I just wanted to, you know, spend some more time at home or do, you know, whatever yeah. it is. So how many times can I go to Vegas or whatever? Yeah, that's, that's right. Kind of the, you know, how, how many uh, cruises can I take? Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. All right. And then our final one. And I think Phil, what we are going to do is uh, we're going to just kind of cover the, the, uh, the bullet points that we covered here, as far as uh, thinking about the way it's going to, could affect your cash flow. And then what we'll do for next week's episode, we'll come back and just kind of talk through uh, assessing the retirement expenses and just kind of how, how it's going to kind of typically work work out sure. and I'll go through some kind of questions that you, that you would uh, you'd be posing to your clients and things of that nature. So the last one here on the uh, different categories, so we did housing, uh, no more work stuff, healthcare, taxes, retirement savings, uh, travel and leisure, and then insurance. So might we save some money here from a cash flow standpoint, or might we be going the other direction on when it comes to insurance? Yeah. So insurance outside of healthcare, we talked about that as a separate line item. So this is more the other types of insurances, you know, so car house. Yeah. Car, car house. We talked a little bit about car, you know, that might change. Um, house probably isn't going to change. Right. I mean, that, you know, yeah. typically is going to go up depending on if you move, mm -hmm. uh, but this is going to be more kind of the, uh, the work. Maybe you think of the work type uh, insurances you might have. So long-term disability. Okay. Right. So, I mean, the, the whole purpose of long-term disability is, Hey, if during my working years, I can no longer work. Mm -hmm. Well, it's meant to help replace some of that income. Well, once you retire, you're no longer working. So they're not going to pay you for disability in retirement. That just doesn't work that way. So okay. like most disability stops at 65 anyways. So if you're, if you're having to pick I mean, up this coverage, your expenses could be 60, going up. 66 for retirement. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, um, it could go up, from an expense standpoint, if, yeah. if you're, you know, if you're disabled, that's a whole discussion to get into but from a, a cost of insurance standpoint, your disability insurance is going to stop, you know, so if you're okay. contributing to that, you don't need it anymore. And that's really something maybe even looking as you're approaching retirement, you might need to start looking at paring that down because the number of years that you need that coverage for is going, going away, right? Right. Small. Yeah. Life insurance is another one, you know, that um, depending again on, on when and how you've assessed life insurance, um, you may not need it. So it might be an expense you had earlier on that you no longer need. But I want to I want to stress a point here that there's all these general concepts in retirement, right? I, right. One of them is with life insurance. Oh, I, I get we don't need it. Yeah. No, I don't need it. I've accumulated yeah. everything I need. So I don't need it. The kids are grown. I don't need it. Yeah. yeah, I don't have college anymore. The kids are grown. Right. All these other things be very careful, run the math, understand what happens if you pass away, because your surviving spouse is going to lose income as mm -hmm. a household, one of the social security benefits is gone, the smallest. Yeah. And as a surviving spouse, that spouse is now going to be single. So their tax brackets get condensed. So from a total tax standpoint, they're probably going to be in a higher bracket. Yeah, and, you know, and it could be a run the math on it. And we do this with all our clients when we're planning is what does it look like if you pass away today? Mm -hmm. 5, 10, 15 years into retirement to see, do you truly need life insurance before you just take the assumption that oh, I'm retired, I don't need that anymore? Yeah, for many people, I mean, again, every situation is different, but life insurance could be a very useful tool for a number of things you're trying to accomplish, you know, in retirement right. or even after you're gone, right? It's not necessarily just the death insurance. Right. Yeah. And there's all sorts of other uses to get into life insurance yeah. on, but just from a true death benefit replacement of income. Mm hmm you know, the, to be careful in making that general assumption of I don't, I'm not working. So I've accumulated, right. I don't need yeah. it anymore. Okay. Understand the bigger picture of what it looks like for that surviving spouse. 
Okay. Well, so we went through the categories then again. So what we'll do is we're going to go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up this week. We'll come back next week. So make sure you subscribe to us and, and we'll talk about, you know, as you're assessing the retirement expenses, you know, breaking it into at least two categories, the must haves and the, and the nice to haves, you know, right. and so we'll kind of go through that a little bit. And I got a couple other questions we'll kind of break down uh, and jump into a little bit. So again, uh, if you got questions when you're thinking about, you know, all right, how's my cash flow going to look in retirement? Cash flow is king, right? Cash is king, all that good kind of stuff. These are some categories that may shift one way or the other, and it's good to have a strategy and a plan in place to make sure that you're being as effective as possible. And that's, again, what a whole, you know, retirement strategy is all about. So get yourself on the calendar if you're not doing so. Uh, talk to a qualified professional. As long as they're a qualified professional, talk to somebody, right? It doesn't have to necessarily be Phil, but of course, obviously we're doing the show. So if you, you know, if you're interested in what Phil's got to say, give him a call, stop by the website, whatever you'd like to do, but certainly do something for yourself by talking to a qualified pro. If you've not done so, so many people get that eye-opening aha moment when they finally sit down with a retirement planner and go through the process and be like, oh, wow, I didn't realize yeah. there were all these pieces to it. So yeah, do yourself hear that all the time. So yeah, do yourself and your retirement a favor, folks. Give Phil a call 248-888-7530, 248-888-7530. As always, there's you know no cost or obligation for a consultation. So why not, right? Reach out to him, give him a shout, say, hey, or stop by the website, philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. And we'll be back next week with another episode, Phil. Thanks for hanging out, bud. Thanks. Have a good day. Yep. yep. We'll do it again next time right here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Phil? Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.